I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Tired Mummy Podcast, a safe platform where we can openly discuss the highs and lows of parenthood, judgment-free. Join me in authentic conversations with mums and dads from across the globe. Let's help each other feel less alone, let's grow and feel better in our parenting skin together. Come join our tribe while we get into some real talk. And don't forget, bring your coffee. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last episode of the Tired Mummy podcast for 2022. What an epic year this has been for the podcast. The podcast's first year uh, on in November. Yeah, November. So not that long ago. It's only been a year and I've already accomplished so much and I'm so grateful for all of my listeners Now, today I'm having a chat with Sarah Ashton from Matrescence Matters, and Sarah and I actually recorded an episode a while ago. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and have a listen. I'll link it in the show notes. It's all about matrescence and becoming a mum, and it was and still is one of our most loved episodes on the potty. Sarah is a perinatal occupational therapist supporting families and mothers with their transition into adaptation through and transformation in motherhood and maternal mental health. Sarah is also a mum of two little kiddos who challenge her expectations of herself and them on the daily. They are her biggest teachers. Today we are shifting gears a little and we are talking about relationships in matrescence, the challenges we face, how we can communicate in our relationships and just honestly, some real talk on our own experiences on this topic. I really hope you enjoy the show. Um, and I cannot wait to bring you more epic episodes in 2023. So if you're listening to this, uh, in December, I hope you have a really great Christmas. I know this time of year can be so stressful for mums. The mental load is massive, but I hope that you can find some joy and find a little bit of calm among the chaos 
that is this time of year. Um, and if you're not feeling that Christmas joy, you're not alone. It's a really hard time of year. So if you're in that boat at the moment, I am sending you so much love and compassion. And I hope that you can find some love and compassion for yourself too. Now, before we dive into today's amazing episode, I wanted to quickly talk to you about Mito Life supplements. If you've listened to any of my episodes before, you've probably heard me rant on about them, but I just, I love Mito Life supplements. They honestly help me so much. And so you guys know what I'm like. If I find something I love, I need to share it. Sometimes I'm a bit of an oversharer, but yeah, I take their beef liver, their vitamin E, they've got a new amazing vitamin C supplement, um, and the Shilajit, holy amazeballs, the Shilajit, you've probably heard me run on about it, it's this supplement that is made out of the rocks from the Himalayan mountains, I know that sounds weird, but it's got like 86 minerals in it, and it's got fulvic acid in it, which pretty much helps the minerals inject into the cell, so you're actually getting them and using them. And I always say that I would not have gotten through the last two and a half years of motherhood without it, without any of my supplements. They literally keep me alive. Like when you become a mom, your body just becomes so depleted from if you're breastfeeding, sleep deprivation, just the just motherhood is 24-7. So you really have to support yourself. And I trust Mito Life with my life and my family, um, Matt Blackburn, who's behind it, he's really conscious about making sure that the ingredients in the supplements are top notch. And he does so many tests and research on all of them to make sure that they're all clean and amazing. Um, and he's given me a discount code. It is tiredmum15. So that gets you an amazing 15% off if you're looking for some new supplements or a new brand. Um, I will also chuck the notes the notes. I will chuck the link in the show notes. Wow, it's the end of the year and my brain just doesn't work. Um, But yeah, so that's an awesome little juicy discount for you. All right, that's it. Let's get into this amazing, amazing conversation with Sarah. Hello, Sarah, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so grateful to have you here and I'm so excited to have you back for another episode. Our last episode was and still is so well received. People absolutely love it. Um, And today we're shifting gears a little, um, but before we get stuck into that, can you please kick things off by letting our listeners know what is your biggest parenting learn this year? Oh, thank you, Alice. And thanks um, for having me again. I always love being here and it is an absolute pleasure having honest chats with you. So I appreciate you. Um, My biggest parenting lesson this year, well, my kids are five and a half and nearly four, so there's been lots of parenting lessons, but I think something that's kind of um, really landed for me this year in particular is to follow my children's lead and to kind of parent the child that is in front of me. So in Circle of Security Parenting, which I deliver, and so every time I deliver a group, it kind of lands with me a little bit different again. We talk about what security looks like in 25 words or less, and we talk about being bigger, stronger, wiser and kind and balancing that. Where possible, always follow your child's lead and where necessary, take charge. Um, And it kind of goes hand in hand with meeting their children's, meeting the child's needs that are in front of you rather than 
parenting from a place of the child that you expected to have or how you expected to parent. So um, that's been quite a powerful kind of reframe for me, particularly this year, and I've witnessed the power of it in parenting my two children who, as you would call in terms of temperament, are um, highly sensitive and also very strong-willed. So it's kind of landed really nicely for our family. Oh, that's so great to hear. Mm. I'm sure there's lots of parents out there that have highly sensitive, very strong-willed children. Uh, Definitely, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. I'm really glad that that's working for you. It's something that I'm interested in. It's also, I feel like it's kind of teaches you to, well, to be present really because your kids change all the time. Yeah. All right. Let's shift our lens to relationships, specifically with our spouses. I'm so excited for this chat. (laughs) Could you... (laughs) Could you please share with us some of the relationship hurdles you've come across since becoming a mother and what you didn't expect? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to start first by saying that um, I'm by no means a relationship expert. So what I'm going to share this morning is really based on my experience. It might not be yours. It might not be others or the listeners might resonate. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to share this as a mum and of someone who's kind of walking the journey alongside others and I kind of stand by my mission that I don't want people to feel alone in Mm. the suffering that that kind of comes with motherhood and so I'm really pleased to be sharing. Um, So the relationship hurdles, I think to begin with, I was really unprepared for the resentment that I felt early on in parenting particularly when my husband kind of returned to work and returned to other activities. I noticed that he could sleep through the baby waking up overnight and was just able to kind of carry on and do things even in the presence of babies and kids who had needs at the time. Um, and that that surprised me because I just, I, I, it caught me off guard. I was not prepared to feel resentment to him um, at all. We've kind of progressed through parenting now. Our kids are a little bit older and we've, as that's kind of moved, we've had more parenting decisions to make as well. And so what that has kind of led to is us having to, I guess, review values because our values have changed as our children have grown um, and since our pre-baby days as well. And Before we had kids, we spoke about our parenting values. We spoke about how we wanted to be parents. But when you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to kind of go back to those things and notice within ourselves that some of those values aren't actually, when we spoke about them five years ago, perhaps weren't actually our true authentic values, but they were just what we kind of expected to be valuing in certain points of parenting. So that was a bit of bit of a shock and it has really kind of required some work on both our parts to get some not only clarity on our own values but some cohesion around what our values are as a family unit too. The reality for our relationship is that it, you know, it did take a back seat in becoming parents and so, um, again, that was another one of those things that I just, I did not expect we had a really long relationship before having babies and our relationship 
um, you know, it's always been the highest priority. And then, yeah, insert baby <laughs> and it kind of, yeah, took a real backseat for a long time and still, you know, is uh, a work in progress there. Yep. I feel you on that one. I'm, you know, our son's only two and a half and we've had one two-hour date in those years <laughs> just because we don't have that support and tribe yet. I'm currently trying to build on that. But, mm. yeah, your relationship does take a backseat and it is like you don't expect it. You just don't. Mm. I mean, I'm yeah, I like I've said to you previously, we didn't prepare at all for parenthood. We were that couple that just prepared for birth. Mm. So everything that followed that birthday was a shock. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you made a good point before as well. Like you, my husband and I have <clears throat> maybe had a handful of dates, you know, active dates where we are away from the children or where we've attended a wedding or something like that. Like it's taken big events for us to have dates. So we've really had to reframe and kind of realign within this season of parenting, like what does quality time together look like now? Because like you, a quality time before would be dates, going out and eating out and doing lots of fun things and travelling the world and, you know, all sorts of different things. So um, I guess accepting and reframing how we, go, how we gain our quality time now in this season of parenthood has has been helpful in that regard too. Mm, yeah, really, yeah. really important to do so you don't just feel, I don't know, angry. I know sometimes mm. I'm still parts of motherhood. I'm like, oh, you just need to accept because you're just resisting and it just causes a bit of anger. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'd love to know how did you move through some of those most challenging seasons in your relationship? Well, we're still moving. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, my husband and I, as I just said before, we had a really long history before kids and we, I guess, have worked through quite a few hurdles before having kids as well. So something in that, I guess, has really grounded us in knowing that our relationship is strong and that we kind of have the compassion and knowledge that we have gotten through hard things before. So I kind of always land back on that for us, which I'm very, very grateful for. But um, the, the the biggest thing is communication. And I feel like that is like, that's, that's it's easy to say that, but it's hard to do. I am a, I am a talker and my husband is a solver. And for many of us, um, I think that can be very frustrating because we all just have a big need to be seen and heard. And so for both of us, learning how to communicate effectively um, has been paramount and has basically started with opening dialogue in a way that is I just want to talk to you about something and I don't need a solution right now. I just want you to understand this from my perspective kind of thing because we, yeah, come at our communication from totally different angles. Um, I think a lot of the challenges that both of us have personally experienced that have contributed to our relationship has been unmet needs, like our own unmet needs and then the guilt with um, taking action to have our needs met. 
has taken a lot of inner work personally on um, my part to understand. So being able to articulate that to him and then open the conversation as to what that looks like for him as well has really helped us understand, I guess, each other a little bit more too. You know, parenthood has the powerful potential to um, uncover core beliefs that we didn't know sat dormant below the surface. So both helpful and unhelpful as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, lots and lots of late night chats about, um, (laughs) about that. And I think, you know, the final thing is that I use activity scheduling in my work with people, which is basic, which is basically planning things, you know, using a calendar, planning things in. And we have had to schedule things for our relationship. You know, we've had to um, schedule in conversation. We've had to schedule in um, like a weekly kind of check-in where we go through what's kind of happened in the week as well as what's happening in the week ahead. And from a guess even just from a domestic load perspective, doing that collaboratively has really helped me feel a bit more um, understood and feels like the load is shared a little bit more um, in that regard. I'm not the one that's kind of having to make all of the decisions. Even if I am, I'm just bouncing them off with him and I'm, you know, having that heard. Um, I guess that also contributes to that little collaborative sense of control in this season of parenthood yeah as well and then finally there's lots sorry I could talk about this for hours I think I apologize (laughs) it's great (laughs) I I think finally like um finding a a common ground when it comes to parenting has been really helpful parenting is hard Um, dealing with emotions and knowing how to support our kids in their emotions is hard and how we do that is comes back to our conditioning and how we have procedurally learned to parent you know naturally we learn to do things in a certain way just like we learn to tie a shoe you know we learn to parent through what we've seen what we've experienced what we've liked and what we've not liked etc etc so um circle of security was pretty powerful for us as well it kind of pulled us together in a place we did that when my son was my son was two so my daughter was only just born um and it just like is a nice reminder and a nice frame of reference for us to go from when we are parenting because we have both been parented really differently we both wanted different things and so we just needed something to ground us in the parenting decisions so many Great tools. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm going to add some of those to my toolkit. (laughs) Um, You talk a lot about the perfect mother myth in the work that you do and how that impacts our motherhood journey, which I think is really important because I think a lot of people aren't aware that that myth is floating around. Um, How do you think that this influences our relationships? Oh, I love the perfect mother myth and I will talk about it to anyone who will listen. Um, I guess for those who haven't heard of it, the perfect mother myth um, is credit to Dr Sophie Brock's work. She's a motherhood sociologist um, and she describes it as the all-pervasive myth we have inherited about what the perfect mother is, what she does, how she spends her time, how she looks, etc. It's kind of like the unwritten benchmark that I think we 
um, sometimes measure ourselves up against. And it's developed through years and years and years of conditioning through the environment, through our parenting, social media, holiday, uh, Hollywood, families and friends. And it's really unrealistic if we kind of um, take some time to explore our perfect mother myth. What we often find is we've developed this ideal of the perfect mother based on seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve mothers that we have seen um, and we have picked the highlight reels of those particular mothers. So it's it's really um, unachievable but we keep trying and we keep trying and we kind of are in this constant loop of trying harder and then feeling guilt about it and then trying harder, you know, you get the drill. Um, how it influences our relationships is really interesting. It's only something that's kind of come to the surface for us recently but I was running through a workshop one night that I had developed which included some of the perfect mother myth and I was um, sharing it with my husband and he said to me, what about the partners, Seth? And I was like, well, you know, very curious about this. Like, tell me, tell me more. He's like, well, I kind of had an idea about what you would do as a mother and how you would feel as a mother Um and you don't meet that. And so my expectations as well have not been met in that regard. And, you know, he was talking about um, he expected he expected me to love every part of motherhood. He expected me to not need or want to return to work because motherhood would fulfil me so much. He expected me to kind of really, really love it all. Um and I love lots of it and there is lots of it that I don't love too and my career is also really important to me and that was something that I really, really wanted to return to. So, um, yeah, of course, that was quite huge for us and we've spent a lot of, again, late-night t- chats talking about the perfect mother myth and kind of I'm exploring where he's getting these ideas from and who he saw that and then basically sharing my perspective on those things and how that feels for me and again like reconciling for him that his expectations and his reality aren't met the same as mine the same as yours the same as many mothers out there so um although I talk about the perfect mother myth in the work that I do directly with mothers everyone has a myth of motherhood right like everyone has this idealized motherhood so it's important when working in on ourselves and working with partners and with mothers that we do consider the myth that everyone holds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was just crazy when he said, what about me? And yeah, I was a bit shook, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. 100%, but it's so true. Like I, I've had these same conversations with my husband and it's just crazy how conditioned we all have been to have these expectations of each other and you know it goes the same way with him the expectations I had of him as a father versus reality so I think it's really important to kind of pull that apart um together yeah definitely um helps in your relationship to talk about those things I just yeah when I saw you started to talk about this on your platform and I was like, yes, like, (laughs) like it just makes so much sense. And I think it's important to explore that um, with your partner. 
Yeah, um, it, and it is two-way too, right, like you say. I, 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 I don't worry. Worry is probably not the right word, but I am conscious of the fact that we are doing a lot around this, you know, matricentric feminism and, you know, this drive to have um, the mother supported by the village and looking at her needs and looking at her changes. And, you know, that's my work really, like that's the work that I do. But a father goes through similar developmental processes. A father's life changes too. Whilst his, you know, occupations and the way he spends his time might not change as much as um, a mother does, especially in those early mothering times, like they are also going through a transition into parenthood. So it's nice to be able to um, understand each other and understand where um kind of each other lands with it and what each of us are carrying in terms of expectations but also carrying in terms of our own mental load. So mm. I'm yep. glad to hear that you've been having some chats about that too. Yep. Well, it yeah. came across with just what you said then with the um, the because it came up in a conversation about how things have changed for him and the the support that he doesn't get as well and his mental load and it's just how it's all different and it was one of those moments like you said I was a bit shook I was like what like <laughs> it just you get so involved in your own head sometimes with how much you've changed and how things are different in motherhood that sometimes you forget that your partner is going through something very similar just in a different way so like you said communication <laughs> Is key, and I want like on that too. And this is this is coming from a personal perspective, right? It's not coming from a professional or an academic perspective at all. But I think you know to get to that point to be able to um, consider another person, right? We do need to do a lot of that inner work on ourselves. And you know, progress is not linear; it kind of loops back and comes backwards and forwards. But you know, this conversation for us has come up 10 to 12 months into me doing my own deep inner exploration and being like quite consumed in my needs and my values and kind of where I'm fitting in and who am I now that I'm a mother and all this type of thing. So, um, you know, it, it might not feel easy to do if we don't understand ourselves to start with. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, 100 percent Yeah. Oh, gold. Um <laughs> do you think we can slash should we prepare for the challenges that might lay ahead with our relationships? <laughs> I mean, it can't hurt, right? <laughs> <laughs> like again, I I'm not speaking as a relationship expert, but I do think that we can have conversations about parenting and values early on. Um, I think discussing how, you know, in planning for parenthood, discussing how we were raised and what we do and don't want to bring to the family or in the moments of parenthood too, reflecting on the day and how, you know, certain things were held and managed and handled. I um, I think recognising each other's love languages is quite a powerful tool in just knowing like just knowing how to share love because um you know in our seasons of 
motherhood and parenthood and with changing intensity, we might be doing things for our partners that speak our love language, but if it doesn't speak to their love language, they're not they're not noticing it, they're not experiencing it, and vice versa too. You know, like my hubby and I have very different love languages and so, you know, say, for example, a love language of active service versus a love language of words of affirmation. Like he might show me that he loves me by doing the dishes or cooking dinner or, I don't know, mowing the lawn or something like that. To him that is a real service to our family and to him that's his way of, of telling us that he loves us. If my love language is words of affirmation, it's they don't land the same way. If he was to walk in the door and say, oh, I missed you today, I'm so happy to see you, or dinner smells good, you know, like something like that would land so differently and it just has such a powerful impact on A, how we communicate but also B, how we feel in our relationship and I guess that's one thing that we can, no matter the intensity, understanding and talking the right language really can carry you through some of the harder times of parenthood and relationship um, when we are in kind of the depths of intensity. So love love languages as a way to prepare for the challenges that might lie ahead. And then communication, like learning how to communicate effectively. I I can't sing that from the rooftops enough. Learning how to um, obviously communicate our own needs but also really for the both of you or both of us, learning how to really hear, like really hear what the other person's saying, really be able to empathise, putting yourself in their shoes kind of thing, like just communicating effectively. I think those things are great. Like uh, you've just reminded me about the love language because it comes in and I forget about it, but it's so true. Like I will go like full out of my way doing all the love language, like my love language to try and please my husband. And he, it just goes over his head. Like it's just not his love language. And then I'm there going, but I've done all of these things. <laughs> like Exactly. And then yeah. you get frustrated and it's like, and he's like, you bring it up and he's like, what? Like, yeah, doesn't notice because it's not his language, right? Yeah. Like my, and my, we've had the same conversation, like, you know, and and we continue to. So we could we've done the love languages biz, I reckon, maybe four or five times since <laughs> becoming parents. And we yeah. did, we actually did it. We did it before we got married. You know, as I said, we had a like a long relationship with before we got married. Bless him, it took him a while to ask the question. But um <laughs> but we in part of our prep for marriage, we kind of did a couple of sessions with a marriage counselor just to kind of get prepared and she one of the main things that she said was love languages like stick to your love languages and um, if you can do that at least you'll be you'll understand each other right yeah no different for him to him for him to say I love you in Japanese and mean you know totally not get what he's saying yeah speaking my language yeah so good I'll put in the show in the show notes I'll pop a link um to the like there's a little online test that you can each other can do um if you haven't figured that out yet because sometimes people have like multiple um love languages which can make it a bit more confusing yeah um it'll give you the quiz the online quiz there are five the online quiz will give you your like weighting so you'll get your it gives you pops out your percentage of like what's your highest and what's your percentage of that and etc etc yeah awesome 
That's awesome. Yeah. All right. I would love to know, are you working on anything right now that you can share about? Um, yeah, I guess relationship in parenthood for us is a work in progress, so we're constantly working on a lot. And although I speak of it um, in a pretty light tone, we have had some really, really hard times and um, it's really, really tested our relationship. You know, through late-night conversations, we still talk about love languages. We are um, kind of tuning into gratitude practices with each other as well, um, learning and practising how to feel seen and how to feel heard and just experimenting with communication with each other. Um, as I said before, we are, we are in a kind of time where we're still working on prioritising ourselves as individuals first and having our own needs met because I think at the core, once we are having our own needs met, it opens up space and capacity to be able to um, meet the needs of others. Yep. We're not, you know, working through anything professionally with um, therapists or anything like that, but I have no... Um, reservations in heading down that path if we need to or suggesting that because I know the value of therapeutic work in couples and relationships how that can be um I guess the way that we do that it goes back to that activity scheduling on a really surface level but um you know it's the activities that we are scheduling that kind of go much deeper than that something that's come up for us um quite recently has been this division of labour and I um, have read Eve Rodsky's book called Fair Play. I don't know if you yeah, um, have heard, read of it. Or heard of yeah. it. Um, brilliant, brilliant book, but it's kind of supported me and us in opening up that dialogue of division of labour and um, really understanding each other's mental load. You know, we both... I think we both um, concurrently for a long time have carried a lot of resentment towards each other in respect to acknowledging each other's contribution um, from a division of labour perspective and the mental load that we're carrying. And so we've kind of been stuck in a trap of really leaning into our own needs and not seeing the other person. So yeah. just exploring that, like getting it out there on the table, like physically writing out the things that we are carrying in our mind and like you know, me seeing my mental load and but then also seeing his mental load as well has been quite um oh, I don't know the word that I'm looking for. Yeah. Bit profound, I guess. <laughs> like it's just um uh, it brings me back down to ground level um yeah. and noticing that we both we do both, even in the presence of me as a mother carrying a lot of the domestic load and carrying a lot of the mental load when it comes to our kids, I also can know and appreciate the load that he is carrying as yeah. well, which makes it a little bit a little bit more, um, helps me accept the load that I have because I can see that it's, it's pretty much an equal share. And yep. Eve Rodsky's book kind of talks to that where it's not an equal share. She's got like certain prompts and things that you can use in your conversations to share that load yep. a little bit more. Um, 
So I know it's a lot. It's a work in progress. Yeah, lots of late night chats, lots of um, still lots and lots of practice. You know, parenting is still um, intense in the toddlerhood and the early childhood years and you're presented with different things to be managing and I know that's going to change as the kids get older and turn into teenagers and all that. I know, and then it's a whole different game. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have. I don't think I've actually shared. I don't think I've spoken to this either. But the value stuff, although we're not actively working on it now, it's something that we have done a lot of work around. Is um, oh yeah, I did getting some cohesion on our values and kind of coming back to that, like in a moment where we are struggling with a decision or struggling with what to do, coming back to kind of our values as a lighthouse and making yeah. sure that we're moving towards the lighthouse rather than further away Mm, yeah that's that's beautiful that's a good way of putting it actually Mm. um now before we say goodbye could you um tell us do you have any resources you use when you're working um on your own relationship or um with clients in a relationship wait did that make sense is that what i've written with clients Oh, no, Let's, let me say that again so I don't have to um, yeah. re-record that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any resources you use when working um, on your own or with clients in a relationship? I've got a few, yeah. Awesome. Um, the love language is one, is one yep. um, that I suggest my clients use at home a lot. Um, through my recent certification of Seasons of Matrescence with Nikki McCann, there's a, a heap of tools and resources in there that I um, use with mothers, but I also encourage them to use them with their partners. Um, there's lots of like inner compass type work and really exploring those values and identity there. So they have been really helpful in exploring those things. Um I really love anything by the Gottman Institute. Not sure if you've heard of it or if you haven't heard of it. Um, it's John and Julie Gottman. They are pretty much like the gurus in relationships and they have a whole heap of online resources. They've got workshops. They've got self-help quizzes. They've got um, a podcast called Small Things Often. They've even got... Um, an app which is a card deck and it's just like conversation starters and there's heaps of different topics and you know just I think when you're in the thick of things and you don't know how to talk about anything other than your kids and your needs and you're just wanting to understand each other the card deck is just provides like really useful prompts sometimes to kind of talk about yourselves or talk about each other or talk about the things that you once used to love. I've also got like a whole heap of books. So the Gottman Institute is really great. I can send you a link to that if you wanted to add that to the show notes um, as well. And then I guess the circle of security parenting is quite key because it's a, you know, a relationship-based group program. And although it's um, geared towards a caregiver and parenting as a relationship so many couples that do circle security parenting apply the same circle to each other and Mm -hmm. kind of gives you just a greater sense of understanding each other's needs relationally rather than for any other reason yeah I would say those are those are my key things um 
and of course helping people with communication helping people know how to open a conversation so that it's not met with um, defensiveness or not met with solution but how to just communicate effectively doesn't um, I don't do a whole lot of work around that with my clients but it's small little prompts of sleep seeds that are planted in our work together that sometimes help awesome oh thank you thank you so much for joining me today and having this conversation I just think it's so important to have these conversations about real things that us mothers and partners go through um just so we can make other people feel less alone because Mm. I don't see these conversations around a lot and as we talked um before we started recording you did a post on something similar and it's your most engaged post which just tells (laughs) us that people people need people need this conversation so thank you so much for coming on and being so raw and vulnerable and honest and informative so thank you oh Alice thank you it's been a pleasure being here and um yeah, I I think I probably just need to add this disclaimer that I sought my husband's you know um, approval to be able to talk about our relationship. Like, is approval yep. is not the right word, but you know, he was aware that I was coming on here and having this yep. chat today. So, um, similarly, he kind of shares the same thing. He's um, he's going through this whole adaptation to parenthood jam, yep. like we are too. So. Um, Shout really out to him. To be Thank here. you. Yeah, no, no worries. I think, you know, like you said, you hit the nail on the head before. It's not talked about often. And I still feel like our chat this morning has been quite light and yeah. quite positive and quite resiliency focused. But the truth is it's hard work and it's, it's so taken a lot of hard work and it's felt really yucky for a lot of the time and even though we do this work, we can't. We do come back and we cycle back to feeling yuck. Um, but just having some of these tools there helps us kind of move out of out of those cycles too. Yeah, yeah. There's no. Yeah. I don't think there's an end point ever. There's no, mm. you know, top of the mountain. It's just mm. like parenthood. It's like continuously working on and working through, and just trying to do that together. Mm. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Love having chats with you and yeah, great to be here. I love Sarah so much. She is just a breath of fresh air. She is honest. She's super educated and her content on Instagram is just so helpful. Um, Yeah. So if you haven't, if you don't know who she is, all the links will be in the show notes. Go check her out. Um, she has so much to offer and she's really making a difference, uh, in this arena of matrescence. Uh, and I'm just super grateful that I've come across her and that we're friends and that she's doing what she's doing. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I know I bang on about it all the time, but I am just so grateful for every single listen, for every follow, for every subscribe, for every review. It all makes a difference. And 
I honestly cannot wait to see um, where the Tired Mummy podcast goes. And uh, honestly, I am just amazed at where it is already in this year. So, and that's all because of you guys. So thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I will talk to you all very, very soon. Until then, this Tired Mummy is signing out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.